Let's jump into it today. We're in the final week of our series called Armor of God. In this series, what it is, is it's all about being strong in God's power. Okay, it's, it's knowing and understanding the battles that we have to face every day as Christ followers, right? But it's also knowing what's been made available to you through Jesus Christ so that you fight well. Okay, so that you know the power that's been made available to you. So that you can go eye to eye, toe to toe with whatever obstacles come your way. And you can overcome, you don't just, you don't just win, but man, you, you glorify God through it and how you overcome those battles and those obstacles. And, and today what I want to do is I kind of want to switch this up a little bit. And I want to talk about how to compete well in the race of life. All right, I want to talk about the obstacles that come our way. And not only that, not only with the obstacles that continue and how do we get through those obstacles, but how do you keep going? Like, how do you keep going on and moving forward when the obstacles just keep coming? Because sometimes it can feel just like it's an obstacle course, like just daily life. It ain't easy, to say the least. It's tough. And just when you get through one thing, you got something else staring you right in front of the face. I, I, I think the best example of any obstacle course has to be American Ninja Warrior. How many of y'all have seen this? Have y'all seen this TV show? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. It, it's just ma- it, it's amazing. They put the best through this, this overwhelming gauntlet, and it just leaves you scratching your head just on how they're able to do this, how they compete so well. And in case you don't know what I'm talking about... I brought a video clip. Y'all watch this. All right, let's just say, how many of y'all would have made it past the very first obstacle? Let me see, raise your hands. Okay, we got a few takers. How many of y'all would have crashed and burned before the thing even said yes? All right, this is, this is tough. Okay, sometimes we look at this and we want to feel like, we want to feel like when we face those obstacles in life, like we are an American Ninja Warrior, right? Like those things that come our way, that we are competing so well that this is what we look like. But in reality, the obstacles I face in life is not so much leaving me looking like an American Ninja Warrior, but it leaves me looking like that show Wipeout. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? Here you go, right here. This is me trying to get past <laughs> the daily obstacles that I face each and every week. And there you go, right there. That's me. Oh, almost made it. Nope. <laughs> So this is like real life, right? This is what we really do. Okay, that's enough. (laughs) Some of y'all are like, no, I'm enjoying that. Keep that going. Um, This is kind of what it can feel like, right? Getting through just the race of life. I think this illustrates life so well. This world just has one challenge after another. And it's just like each week it's something different. This week it was tough for me. I was sick all week. One obstacle after another. 
And y'all know how this happens. Like you get ready for a new week. Sundays, Sundays are so good to recharge and reset to get ready for the week ahead. And then you hit Monday. And you know how these weeks go. You wake up and then you got to deal with a dead car battery. Right, first thing out of the gate. So when, when you get that jumped off, you're heading to work, and by the time you get to work, you realize you forgot your wallet at home, so you have no way to pay for lunch. And then after work, you're heading to pick up the kids, and you pick the kids up, and you find out one got an F in math, and the other one has a paper to write tonight, which means you have a paper to write tonight, you know what I'm talking about, because they can't do it on their own, right? So then, once you get through the gauntlet of homework and relearning fourth grade math all over again, then when it finally comes time to relax and watch some TV, the internet goes out, right? You know how this kind of stuff feels. Life's tough. And when I describe it, I use trivial things. You know, you can replace a dead battery. No big deal. You can bring an F up in math, hopefully, right? No big deal. But you you mix in some things like sickness and debt and betrayal and loss Man, life can be brutal. It can be tough. And for some of us, it's not just one day. It's not even just one week. Sometimes it's months. It's, it's even years or maybe even decades. So how do we keep going forward? Like, how do we keep competing through the obstacle of life? Let me give you a few pieces of Scripture that might encourage you to fight well and to keep moving, okay? These would be great pieces of Scripture, too. If you're struggling for what to write this, uh, this afternoon at 530, these would be great to put on the floor of the church. Here's the first one, 1 John 4.4. 4. Uh, the disciple John, he writes this. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Right? Who is in you? Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the power of the resurrection alive inside of you, giving you the power and the strength that you need. And when it comes to those obstacles that scare us, look at what 2 Timothy says. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and self-discipline. Like, I want to lay claim to these verses that help me overcome through the power and the presence of the, of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I want that for you too. I want you to stand up, fight well, keep moving. And to help us with this, for our main piece of Scripture today, I want us to turn to the book of Hebrews. And in the book of Hebrews, there's one chapter, a particular chapter, that deals with some great heroes of faith. And y'all know this. For those of you that grew up in the church, you know chapter 11 in Hebrews, the great, the, the, the wall of champions, kind of. People that you would look at, that they mention, and that says, you, you would say, you fought well. Like, you completed the, the race of life, and you did so well, you're in the hall of fame. Now, at the beginning of chapter 11, you read about people like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and David and all those spiritual giants that, like, face the obstacles in life one right after another. And they, they, they not only performed, but, man, they competed well and they won. And you know some of these stories. Like Cain and Abel. You remember that story? The obstacle of jealousy between brothers. Noah. Noah's another one. <coughs> Noah building an ark, right? And the obstacle of trusting God, even though there, there was no rain. Abraham. Abraham. And the obstacle of having faith and trusting that God knew where he was going, that God knew what he was doing when he sent Abraham to a new and distant land. 
A land he didn't even know existed. You see, there's story after story after story after story of people not giving up, moving forward, facing one obstacle, then facing another, and then receiving the victory in God, keeping their faith the entire time. And then after, after the people that we know about, After talking about those and reminding us of those stories, Hebrews launches into stories of people that we don't even know about. The writer of Hebrews is like, there's there's all these other great spiritual giants of faith that you're, you're not even aware of, but let me tell you more about them. You think you've had obstacles. Listen to this. And then he starts in Hebrews 11.35. He says this, But others, others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. And they placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Others were killed with a sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goat, just meant they were poor, destitute, oppressed, and mistreated. They were too good for this world. They were too good for the race that they were running. Man, isn't that something to be... I hope the same could be said of us at the end of our life. Too good for this world and the faith that they exemplify. You know, these are, these are, these are horrible and, and just crazy things to read about what people have had to endure. So let's take a minute and let, let's talk just, just for a minute about what we learned from chapter 11. What is the example of these heroes of faith the obstacles that they had to go through. What does this teach us? Three quick things, real quick. Okay, these are at the beginning of your message notes. Everybody online, again, you can join in on the app and follow along. But if you got the message notes this morning, let's fill in some blanks. Number one, life isn't perfect. We know life is not perfect at all. Life is hard. In fact, one of the reasons a lot of people turned away from following Jesus is because of the words that he used, the terminology that he used, showcased just how difficult life would be as a Christ follower. Right? He would say things like, pick up your cross and follow me. Right? He would say, like, the least, the least of you will become the greatest. Right? Things that are different from this world, things that are much harder to live out. Right? Jesus never said life would be easy. If anything, he claimed living for Christ in this world would be, would be difficult, would be tough. But, 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 but. I do believe that obstacles we face are great opportunities to grow our faith, right? For our faith to actually be perfected. The second thing we learned is that life is not perfect, but eternity is perfect. Eternity is perfect, okay? Even though this world is broken and hard, we're actually, we're actually living right now and we're competing well for the promises that lie ahead, right? Of course, we believe in the blessings that come from being a Christ follower in this world. But we also know that Christ has so much more planned for us on the other side of eternity. That's why Jesus said things like, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome this world. Right? There's always hope. There's always hope of a perfect existence in eternity in the presence of God himself. And that hope we have only comes through Jesus Christ who promises this to us. So this world is not perfect. Eternity is perfect. Here's another truth we learn from Hebrews is that we all have a part to play. 
We all have a part to play in this race together. Look at how it ends chapter 11 and moves into chapter 12 in Hebrews. It says this. It says, For God had something better in mind for us, so that they, everyone else, so that all of us would not reach perfection without us. 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this. How do we do this? How do we keep running that race? How do we keep overcoming these obstacles? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he was able to endure the cross, disregarding its shame. And now, because of that, he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Because when you do that, and you remember what Christ has done, then you won't be weary and give up yourself. Ooh, y'all, these are powerful words. This is so encouraging. What, what I want you to notice as we start this conversation about the, this chapter in Hebrews, I, I want you to notice that this moves from individuals at the beginning of chapter 11, individuals and, and them racing through life, to now we have kind of individually competing, to now it's becoming like this group sport. We got this group mentality, this team aspect of things, and that God wants all of us to cross that line together. We are expected to compete in Christ together. You see, the day of Christ's return hasn't come yet. And God is patiently waiting for all of us, everyone in here, myself included, you included, everybody to do their part and to compete well. And to compete together, to share the message of God, to get his word out there, to bring more people into the kingdom. We got to finish our part of the race just like those heroes did in chapter 11. So that we can all be joined together in perfection and the celebration of the new kingdom of God. So again, the writer of Hebrews, he's kind of illustrating this as this big obstacle, this big race of life. And he encourages us here. He encourages us in a few ways to keep running, but to do it together. So when it comes to competing well in this life, knowing that life is not perfect, how do we continue to keep running the obstacle course and not give up? Let me give you a couple of things. A couple of things to point out from these verses. Number one is what we've been talking about. You gotta be a part of a team. You gotta be part of the team. You're part of a team here at the church. Verse one, it says this in Hebrews 12. It says, we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses. Now, this is amazing to think about. You right now, your life has an audience, okay? You are surrounded by the heavens, right? You are surrounded by people in the heavenly realm that want that want to see you succeed, that want to see you succeed, not for your glory, not for your benefit, not so that you can get ahead, but for the cause of Christ, right, for God's glory. They want God to work in your life, and they're all about that. And that's comforting to know because you need the support. 
We all need the support. You know, Shannon um, has completed a few half marathons um, in her life, and uh, I remember when she was in that phase and running a lot of those marathons um, before she talked me into um, trying to run a marathon. She was trying to explain just how powerful it was when you're running that marathon and you get towards the end. And, you know, there's usually, you know, 80% of the way or something, they have a spot where all the crowd goes to and you're almost at the end and they're just cheering you on. And she's just trying to say, you know, you're so close to that 13-mile mark or that 26-mile mark and you got that group of people just encouraging you to move forward. And she's just like, man, it was just such a rush. You know, to run through that huge crowd cheering you on. You see, here's the deal. When it comes to this, we know that God can see us, right? And we know that he's keeping up with us and guiding our lives and keeping up with us every step of the way, right? Like he intimately wants to know. He is so close to us. Scripture says that he knows how many hairs you have on your head, right? Or like, like I usually say, the, or the lack thereof hairs on your head, right? Like, he knows how many you have. Um, That's how close he is to us. That's how involved he is in our lives, right? And we know this, but not only that. But Scripture gives us this, gives us this image here of this huge crowd, okay? This audience that's watching us. And to be honest with you, I'm not even quite sure how this works, Right? I think we can all have our ideas on how heaven is watching and who is watching and, and those types of things. But let me, tell you, let me tell you what this doesn't mean and then let me tell you what this does mean. Okay, Let's start with what this doesn't mean. Because for some of us, I think some of us that tend to be a little bit negative, I, I want to start off by saying that they are not up there criticizing us. Okay, And the reason I say that is because that's what some of us think. When we think that our life has an audience, we're thinking, oh great. right? Like... I hope they didn't see what I did yesterday. I hope they didn't see what I said yesterday. That really wasn't my best moment. I hope nobody saw that, right? This idea that Moses might be up there just like shaking his head at our decisions going, you got to be kidding me? Like, really? Right? Or Abraham is like, what are you complaining about? You have no idea how good you have it, right? Like, there are people up there watching down, being critical at all. That's not what this means. They are not minimizing our struggles. Here's what it does mean. It means that they're cheering you on, like I said. It means that they're encouraging you. They're building you up. It's this source of strength. It's this source of strength that Scripture wants us to know that we have heaven on our side. Remember that you're part of this great team. Let that encourage you as you face those obstacles to keep going, to keep Competing well. The second thing this scripture points out is that we got to unload the extra weight. We got to unload the extra weight. Um, when I think about unloading extra weight, uh, if if we're in the summertime, I always think of the moving process because a lot of our clergy members in the United Methodist Church usually move in June, early July. Um, used to be part of that process when I was moving around, of course, every four years. And as hard as the moving process is, I will tell you this. Moving every three to four years is a good cleansing process, right? 
you get to go through your home and you collect everything. I know people that when they were pastors, they just didn't even take stuff out of boxes, right? They're just like, we'll just put this over here for the next move, right? But it's a good cleansing process to go through and see what you don't really need, get rid of some of the junk, maybe have a yard sale or two. Can I, can I tell you just as a side note, can I tell you what gets on my nerves when it comes to moving? Now, if you ever ask me to help you move, I will help you move, okay? Okay? Most of the time, I will help you move. But there are two things that you got to know that really get on my nerves or get under my skin and see if you can relate to this. Number one is not being prepared, okay? If I show up to help you move, right, I'm expecting to pick up boxes, not pack boxes. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever showed up to somebody's house and you're like, nothing is ready to move? Have you ever been there? The second thing is, is when you're moving junk. And I know one man's treasure or one man's junk is another man's treasure. I know that. But you've been in those situations where you've helped people move. You're picking something up and you're thinking to yourself, why are you keeping this? Do you know what I'm saying? Why don't you unload? Do you really need a VCR? Seriously. Like, (laughs) why are we moving this to the new location? Right? We do that so much. Listen, if you want to compete well in life, you got to clean up a little bit. Right? We got to clean out. We, we got to shape up. We, we got to unload some of the extra that tends to just weigh ourselves down. That's what the advice is in Hebrews here. In verse one, it says we got to strip off every weight that slows us down. Now there are two types of weight that slows us down. Number one kind of weight is the weight that's not necessarily bad. It's just not really good either, right? It's that weight. It's it's not necessarily wrong. It's not bad. It's just unnecessary. Right? And honestly, when it comes to our lives, we can fill up our lives with a lot of junk that in the end just doesn't really make sense, right? You know, if I can just give a little side note, that's why we don't offer a whole lot of programming here at the Ridge. Y'all have known this since day one. I've been very upfront about this. We want you involved in a few things here at the church. We want you involved in worship on Sundays, a volunteer team, and a journey group. That's our goal, is try to get you in one of those groups, right? But I've been in churches, and the reason I say this is because I've been in churches that just had extra stuff all the time. There was Manic Mondays and Terrific Tuesdays and What What Wednesdays and Thank Goodness for Thursdays and Fabulous Fridays, right? Not that that is necessarily wrong. It was just a lot of extra. And what it did sometimes was kind of kept us away from the things that were really important, kind of kept us away from being out there evangelizing or being with our families. You see, the point I'm trying to illustrate here, our lives can be so crowded sometimes, weighted down with so much extra, that most of the time what we feel like we're doing is that we're not competing well because all we're doing is we're just trying to keep the plate spinning. So, what's not necessary in life? I mean, think through that. Maybe there's a relationship that's kind of draining, a job that's not productive. Maybe there's an activity that doesn't really feel a need. You know, again, not bad, just not necessary. The other kind of weight is the sinful kind. The other kind of weight that slows us down is the sin that wants to, as Scripture says, trip us up, right? For example, if you're holding on to a grudge or you're angry or you're constantly feeling guilty, or you have an unconfessed sin, 
The devil will use that to slow you down. So in order to compete well through the obstacle course of life, what we got to do is we, we got to work on these things. We got to strip off the extra weight that just holds us back. The third thing we learned from this is that we, you got to run your race. You got to run your race. Verse one continues and he says, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us, that God has set before you, that God has set before me, not for somebody else, but for you. Okay, don't get tripped up trying to run through the obstacle course of life like everybody else does, right? Because that may not be God's plan for you. God has a specific plan for you, a different race, different obstacles. So in my 30s, um, Shannon did talk me into running a half marathon. And when I, saw, when I showed up, I, I trained and everything, and I saw something new that I'd never seen before, that in this group of people, there were a few runners that were carrying signs, I'd never seen this before, but they had, they were pace setter signs and they had numbers on them. They had time signatures on them for the average, you know, minutes per mile so that you could run with that person and they would kind of set the pace that you could run at that pace and compete, you know, and run your race. Like if you know the time that you're trying to hit or that you're comfortable with. And so as I'm walking through, I see the first sign was like a six minute mile and I was like, I don't want to die, right? Walked right on past that one, went to seven, seven and a half, eight, got to eight and a half. And I'm like, eight and a half, this is my race right here. This is what I'm comfortable with. And that's what I ran. I'll stick with this. I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. You see, God created a plan for your life. Okay, his journey for you is different than the person sitting next to you. And what that means is that you don't run your race for your boyfriend. You don't run it for your parents. God doesn't want to give you the strength to run somebody else's race. God put you here to bring him glory in a unique way. Great example of this, great example of this, is David and Goliath. Y'all remember the story of David and Goliath. Everybody knows the story. Everybody grew up with the story. But did you know that there was a point when David was about to face Goliath, that King Saul brings him in, and King Saul tries to put his armor on little David. You know, David wasn't a grown man at the time. King Saul was, and so he said, here, you're going to need to fight this battle, and you need to fight it with my equipment. And so he gives him the helmet and the shield and the breastplate and the sword. I'm sure David swung the sword a couple of times. And this stuff, if you've ever watched VeggieTales... It cracks me up because the armor's just like falling. You can't even see little Larry anymore. It's just nothing but the shield in front of him, right? And so David looks at King Saul and he says, I, I can't fight. I can't do this. This is you. This isn't me. And so he puts all the armor aside. He grabs a slingshot, which is exactly what God wanted. For him to face that obstacle, not as Saul, but as David. And God was glorified through him. You see, God's got a unique plan for your life. You're a unique creation. The obstacles you face, God's already aware of them. Knows they're coming. He'll give you the strength you need to bring him glory through it. And the closer you get to God, you'll understand how. You'll understand how to get through each one. The fourth thing we got to do to keep moving forward is we got to focus on Christ. We got to focus on Christ. Verse 2 says, We got to keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He is the champion, right? Y'all remember Be Like Mike? Remember that? 
<laughs> somebody, somebody really remembers that. Um, it says, be like Christ, right? I mean, this is who we are trying to emulate. This is who we are trying to compete like, right? When it gets hard in life, when the troubles seem to persist, we focus on Christ. We've got to focus on his perfection, of the perfections of Jesus and not the imperfections of the world. We've got to focus on the Savior, not the setbacks. Let me give you a great, let me give you another great story. Just told you about David and Goliath. Let me give you another great story that just illustrates this so well. It comes from Romans chapter 4. And it deals with God's promise to Abraham. Y'all remember Abraham, right? In the Old Testament. Abraham was old. He's getting to the end of his life. Looks like he has competed well in his life, but he lacks one thing. Lacks one last obstacle to get past. He cannot do it on his own. It's a huge obstacle and it means the world to him. Him and Sarah cannot have a child. And everything in their lives are wrapped up in this identity of having children at this time. But he's too old. Sarah is barren. But God comes to him and says, you're going to have a son. I promise you. And it took years for this to materialize. Look at what it says about this situation in Romans. I love how the message puts this. It says, Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. No, what did he do? He plunged into the promise. And when he did, he came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. He didn't throw in the towel. He didn't say it's over. He didn't say I give up. He didn't say I can't get through this. No, what did he do? But he focused on the promise of God. He focused on God, not his circumstances. And that's, that's how you compete well. So, I don't know what your struggle is right now. And I don't know what you're dealing with. And honestly, maybe it feels like you can't handle it. Maybe you're feeling like the wipeout course. Maybe unreasonable at times. Feel like you're at the end of your rope. Keep your eyes on Jesus. As verse 2 claims, he is that great champion who initiates and is perfected in our faith. And the last thing I want to bring up, as you're focusing on Christ, I want you to be strengthened by his example. That's the last thing the writer of Hebrews gives us in these verses. You got to be strengthened by his example. Verse 2, it says this. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Let's read this again. He disregarded its shame. And now because of all that, he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think. The writer of Hebrews tells you this. He's like, listen, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Think of everything he went through. Because when you think of that, then you won't become weary and give up. Focus on Jesus. He is your great reward. Be strengthened by his example. Think of everything that Christ had to go through for your salvation. Everything that he endured from the Garden of Eden to the betrayal to the crucifixion to the burial. Right? All in order for you. Even if it was just you. Just for you to have a personal relationship with God so that you could be in eternity with him. Think on that. And when you do, understanding what he went through for you, don't you dare give up for him. Don't you dare give up on him. 
You keep your eyes focused on the champion of your faith. You keep your eyes focused on Christ. You do everything you can for him because he gave everything for you. And that's how, that's how we compete well. That's how we move forward. So with that being said, let me, let me give you a few next steps to think about this week. I, I put these down in your message notes. We don't, we don't always do this. Every now and then I, I do this. But as we close out this series, let me give you these things to think about. Number one is that memory verse. Maybe take Hebrews 12.1 with you. Maybe even write it on the floor tonight at 5.30. That memory verse is, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Let us run with endurance. Let us not give up. No matter what obstacle comes our way. The second thing to think about is, I will unload, and then there's a fill in the blank. What's holding you down? What's dragging you back? Maybe it's something sinful, and maybe today is the day that you confess it to God, and you get rid of it so that you can compete well, because you are tired of dealing with this obstacle. Maybe, like I said before, it's not anything sinful. It's not anything bad. It's just unnecessary, and it's taking your focus. And that's why you're not competing well. Maybe today's the day to unload it. And then the last thing is I will stop focusing on blank and I will focus more on Jesus. I know it's tough, but we got to get our eyes on the champion and not get distracted. Which one of these can you work on this week? Let's pray together. God, God, we praise you this morning. We're so grateful for your son, Jesus Christ, who came and died so that we can live. Who came and died so that our sins could be forgiven. Who came and died so that we can have an everlasting life with you in heaven. God, that's why we run this race. That's why we compete. That's why we want to do our best. is because of what you have done for us and for the promises that you have given us. So God, help us. God, help us to stand up in life. Stand up and, and compete well against those things that just want to bring us down. God, we're reminded that we're not given a spirit of fear, but of power. So God, help us to compete well. Help us to strip off everything that hinders us. Help us to team up, team up with others, to be encouraged by your example. And help us remember that by the power of your spirit, we can and have already overcome. God, we love you. We give you our lives. God, be with these tithes and offerings for you and your kingdom, we pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.